This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our commercials. You may have seen one there on TV occasionally. And speaking of motorcycle insurance rates, did you know that our basic motorcycle policies start at just $75 a year? And speaking of speaking of insurance, I just love... And this is how that same commercial sounds on your motorcycle. Yeah, everything's better on a bike. Progressive keeps you on yours. Get a quote in as little as three minutes at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents, which means you're going to start telling your kids to clean up before the cleaning lady comes. Doesn't make sense, but you're the parent and they're the kids. You're going to start telling them that now, too. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. And there's your opening to remind them who pays the bills around here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. This is the Vencast Studio Production. Welcome, welcome to episode 20 of Riding the Pine. I am Hondo here with Yi. Introducing the stat god himself. Eric is joining us. Eric, what's up? Hey, what's good, Hondo? How you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Glad to have you on the podcast. Gee, what is up? You are. We are now in episode two of you in the neighborhood. So yeah, what up? I, I like it. I like it. So we had this week was awesome, just in terms of basketball highlights. So so much great stuff going on. For is this the tenth week of this season? Yeah, I would say so. It's the <laughs> Gary Payton episode. That's it, all I know. It is. It That's is the care G- about. Gary Payton episode. But it's also it's Gary Payton, Gordon Hayward, Ginobili, Ray Allen. Oh, I like it. I like it. So you know what? We're just gonna we're gonna go right into it. We have to go right into it. There's no other option. So we are gonna go right into gameplay. So 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 we are gonna go. You know what? We're going to go right into it. We're going to go right into gameplay. Our games of note, intensity, intrigue, and introspection. Introspection. All right. So we're switching up a little bit this week. We're going to kind of cover our top games, not necessarily cover games for every single day. We got like three T-Wolves fans in the house. So we got to start out with the T-Wolves. They're on a winning streak. I didn't even think I'd get to say that this season, but they are. So let, let's go with my favorite game, one of my favorite games this week, Minnesota over Houston. Gee or Eric, kind of, let's break it down. Yo, playing a tough team in a tough Western Conference, 448 minutes is very unusual for us. Yes. We, have a, we put together a good half or a good three quarters and we just kind of collapsed because we're a young team. And Harden is kind of, you know what happened last game? Yes. Harden, Ariza, you know, Gordon just... Anderson just took off, and we they erased like a twelve point lead mm-hmm. and destroyed us in the fourth. Yeah, but we uh, didn't let that happen this time. It was pretty incredible. I like that, but it snaps a nine game winning streak for Houston. So yeah. in kind of it puts us back at least in a, a better mental state. So <laughs> if anything, it's just the massive confidence booster. Yes, um, they had beaten, I believe, Dallas the night before. So. We're competing with the West right yeah, now. Yeah, no, like, it's nice. we, we, like, we are competing. Now with we're the kind West. of beating teams that we could beat, and we're showing ourselves, we're, we're showing our you know, our strength against teams that, you know, are probably the top contenders of the West. We play Golden State well. We play OKC well. We play, you know, that's, uh, that's we crazy. We play Cleveland even... pretty well, actually. I, I as like a team that. full of 21 year olds. Well, let's be honest, the body of work, we play Houston pretty well, too. If you talk about yeah. uh, the amount Expanding of game you. time that we've actually been leading Houston this season, it's. One in forty-seven, forty-eights of the uh, of the game, two games that we played against them. Oh sure, uh, and and I, I think I can speak for most Timberwolves fans here. When Ryan Anderson started dropping threes in the fourth quarter, I think we all kind of saw ghosts of comebacks past. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, and everybody started. We, uh, Guy, Guy and I were talking about this the other day. Uh, we start to get real worried as a Timberwolves fan, even when you're up thirteen with four minutes left to go against you. Just a stop team breathing. Like Houston, you just start to think like. <laughs> Well, shit, that's a bad sign. Yeah. Uh, but no, that's and that's that's why most Timberwolves fans will say that you start to feel like we're turning a corner a little bit, right? Because because yeah. you you're getting into those same positions that that kind of haunt you and that make you feel nervous. Uh, and then 
instead of just falling over and collapsing, they're actually starting to do what, what real NBA teams do and, and continue to play through the end of the fourth quarter. It's been refreshing to see as a Minnesota sports fan. I, I like that. So that's Minnesota over Houston. But the other game that I, I picked out this week is Minnesota over OKC, which is also a great win against the West. So is it – I mean, it's kind of the same the same narrative, ex- exactly what's happening. Yeah. And and instead of Harden, we're, we're, we're playing uh, Westbrook, who's – I think he boasts his – what 19th 19th tri- triple double That's of the right. season there was a stat that i saw today of 19 triple doubles is like a career match to is it lebron even he only has that many so and he's done it in half a season yeah yeah it's 38 games right like yeah. that's crazy about oh this. my god um you know, westbrook is putting a hell of a season both you know hard and westbrook are just mvp calibers right right now but um What's really cool about Minnesota right now, and we, we can end on this uh, this discussion on this OKC game, is that they're finding the groove with Towns and Rubio, mm-hmm. and Towns is doing work. Like, you know, we've always had really good. We can kind of been spoiled with power forwards. Yes, with you know Garnett and Love and Jefferson, either even like being double double machines, and we didn't really know what we were getting with Towns right away in the rookie season in terms of rebounds, but we knew he was like had high potential. Mm-hmm. He's beasting. He's getting like 18 rebounds a game. He's getting like 25, 28 points a game. He's had a, an insane uh, little mini series here of games. Sure. And then the pick and roll with Rubio. Hey, Rubio's been back. Flawless. Rubio's back. He's averaging. I don't know. Like we'll, we'll get into that, but like 15 assists a game. He's like, <laughs> I think you know, from Eric. That is completely crazy. Completely crazy. So, hey, we're going to turn our attention from the Wolves for a little bit. We're going to talk about a couple of other big games that happened this last week. So the focus this week for the NBA, which is kind of cool and something that we talked about earlier in our uh, in our podcasting, um, was the NBA kind of going international. So the NBA did go international this week, and they went to both Mexico City as well as to London. Did they go to China this week too? They or? usually go to China in preseason. Okay, okay. So, mm-hmm. um, I think they announced going to going to China again, but we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah. Um, the Nuggets. I was I was just so shocked that I had to report this as one of the games of the week. The Nuggets kicked the shit out of the Pacers, one forty to one twelve. I didn't even know that the Nuggets were capable of of scoring one hundred and forty points in the game. <laughs> I guess it's the Pacers. You can do that. You could definitely do that. Um, All team, no defense, right? Yeah. Um, the 76ers came back. There are two games this week from the 76ers in which the 76ers are winning games. I, I didn't think I'd get to say that at least, you know, three or four weeks earlier in the season. They are coming back. They have a great win over the Knicks. Uh, TJ McConnell has a buzzer beater to kind of put them ahead. And they also have they also have a win over the Hornets. Again, I'm not. I wasn't able to predict this. You look at my uh, look at my RTP uh, picks this week. They are not showing that. So, um, but I'm throwing 76ers in into contention <laughs> over the next over the next weeks now, right. especially with what they're doing. Um, there was another game that I saw this last week, and this is the Wizards over the Bulls. The reason I pulled this out is one that the Wizards are coming back and they're playing better ball. John Wall especially is kind of emerging. Um, but we also saw an 18-point comeback in this in this game for the Wizards. It's kind of good to see. So did you guys check out that game at all or check out any kind of Wizards games over the last week here? You, you have to, right? Like uh, the highlights that come out, it's like probably every day there's a John Wall highlight. There's like a you know, flick pass here or there, a skip pass to Beal or you know, a fadeaway three from Beal. It's, it's fun to watch. And when they're grooving, they're a fun team to watch. I think they're like one piece away, you know, but um, – they're going to make some noise, I think, in the bottom of the East, and I really like that because yeah. John Wall in the playoffs is like I he, want to see John Wall. Yeah, in the playoffs. It, it felt like they were defeated earlier in the season, but it, they had it, a it's a terrible start. It, but it's it's felt like they're finally starting to break through again. Yeah, and yeah. even if they don't make the playoffs, I, I think just being in a better being in a better headspace is going to put John Wall as a. It's just going to put him in a better position. So, right. and and hopefully, get, hopefully they fill that that missing void next. I'm not year. comparing them to the Wolves, but they had a recent, you know, uh, regime change, mm-hmm. and so it's uh, it takes time to unlearn crap from like a Randy Whitman and a <laughs> Sam Mitchell, right? Of course. And of so course. that's my defense for why the Wolves were struggling a little bit. Sure. And you know, you're seeing the rise on defense, like the rankings. We're 
we're a top 10 team on defense as a Timberwolves fan. And Washington's doing the same thing. You know, they're okay. insane. No, no, I, I, I was, You're I was smiling. No, like I was waiting. I was waiting for the I connection. No, I was waiting for the connection back to the Wizards. I'm like, he's just gonna drop. <laughs> he's just gonna drop the rise of the T Wolves on us right now. So, no, that, that that's absolutely that's absolutely spot on. And so. you know, Scott Brooks has always been actually kind of a nice, like almost borderline genius on offense. Yeah, um, allowing the players to play their game and put him in the spots to play, mm-hmm. and that's what you know he's letting Wall create. He's not like doing offensive sets. Yeah. And so that's what's really cool about it. Okay. Uh, just a few more games over this last week that I, I kind of found as as notable. The Cavs over the Kings. And the, this is uh, from last night. This is the one of the – I think this was the first game. Second game. Second game for Kyle Korver. But Kyle Korver scores 18 points off the bench in this game. Yeah. And in like 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. It just seems like the impact that he'll have right away is going to be noticeable. And yeah. it's just like – to a team that's already winning games yeah. with with the cast that they have, I'm I'm excited to see what continues to happen there. Yeah, cast fans everywhere. And even Gotta though be excited, even though this is not a great matchup per se, um, this game ended up probably being the game of the week, just in terms of in terms of the closeness, in terms of the last second uh, sh- game winners. This was the Pistons over the Trailblazers in double OT. Yeah. Unbelievable stat from this game. I think Crab has like 30 points in this game. Yeah. That has to be like, what, 15 points over his average or something like that? <laughs> oh, uh, probably Crab actually shot, shot 80% in that game. Yeah. 80%? 13 of 15, perfect yeah. from three. Uh, <laughs> one free throw in that game. Dude, dude was earning his points. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Alan Crab for that game. Dude killed it. <laughs> awesome. So the, the last game that I have as a highlight this last week is the Mavs. The Mavs over the Suns. I'm like, oh. they they send those teams to Mexico City. But really, was it just a scouting trip of which team they're actually going to send down to there? To relegate to Mexico yeah, City. Yeah, yeah. It feels, it, it as funny as it, it sounds, it feels like the Mavericks could potentially make a move like that. Like, oh, really? Cuban, I think Cuban has gone on record saying he'd he'd potentially consider it. So well, I don't I'll, think you would badmouth the situation when you're in Mexico when you're trying to promote the game in Mexico. They've only had a <laughs> Gustavo Ayon as their only like prospect from Mexico. <laughs> Maybe someone else like a uh, Grievous Vasquez or something. No, I think it's great for the NBA and the globalization of it all. But um, they used to play the Timberwolves and the Spurs down there. You know, they did that back to back seasons. Mm-hmm. Why are the Timberwolves going to Mexico and it's a home game for the Timberwolves? Yeah. No, it's better that they have the Southwest Division playing there. And yep. I guess, you know, Devin Booker went on record being like, it was nice to pay tribute to my roots because he's half Mexican. Okay, right? okay. I was like, I wasn't getting that. But I, was, <laughs> I, I guess Cuban, you know. Yeah. But uh, the Pistons and the Trailblazers, I just want to really quickly say that nominee for top game of the season so far. I like that. So I, I have not. If cons- you watched that game back, yeah, it was kind of a shit show for the first couple, you know, ha- like couple quarters. Yeah, that second half was just bomb after bomb after bomb. Yeah, no one was missing, and you want to see that, like Lillard and you know Reggie Jackson going head to head, and you know CJ McCollum pushing off, you know Reggie Jackson just to get that shot up. And, yeah, but there's and- there's a pretty big differential. I, I looked at the stats on the yeah. that first OT. Like it was not close in terms of scoring. No, right. But but then it came back and they they tied up. Exactly. And they, then they were playing close again. So I mean that, that that's ends drama. Up, that's that, good. That's, that's drama good basketball. That, that ends up being a great game. So yeah. uh, we'll have to put together our nominees. I haven't considered that context. So stack God, next week we're gonna we're gonna look at where we're going. Games so. of the year. <laughs> All right. So we need to go into some awesome moments. Maybe notable stats for the last uh, last week here. Um, let's just talk about teams kind of first off. We talked about Minnesota with three in a row. We talked about, dude, Philly, it's five in a row? No, uh, five in the last six. I five in the last six. I believe they have a winning streak, though, it's, for okay. the first time. Also three in a row for yeah. Philly right now, but five of their last six. Five of the last five six. Five of the last six, and it's like the first time they've had this winning streak in like three or four years. Since 2014. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, Which my is God. crazy. Exciting times. And no, it is. Trust okay. the process, guys. Seriously. <laughs> I'm all aboard this train. If I were not a Timberwolves fan, the fan I would rather be of any other team is Philadelphia right now. Yeah. And 
maybe Boston because of the potential of their number one pick, you know, yeah. coming in their way and they're being a top seed right now. Sure, of course. There's no other team I'd rather be a fan of, but and here's Ben Simmons just like waiting, you know. Here's a here's a teaser. Oh, he, he's stewing back there. Oh yeah. man. <laughs> oh man. So other awesome moments. The the Clippers are kind of coming back from they hit a rough skid, but they've come back and they've won five in a row. So it's it's looking like they're they're kind of emerging back. Are they three or four right now in the in the West? Oh, uh, they're four right now. They're four right but, now. But we were predicting a massive a massive slide. I, I believe a couple of weeks I did. ago. I did just because you know they're injured. The health bug is catching up to them, and when CP3 is hurt, hobbled, or anything, sure, you know he can only be a hero for so long. Of course, you can't rely on DeAndre Jordan and JJ Redick and you know Luke Mahamude. You know, you can't do that, right? So, Of course. And uh, I believe, you know, Blake Griffin's out to, like, basically to All-Star. So, Really? I believe so. Okay. I, I didn't know that. So other awesome moments from this last week. There was definitely some game winners. We had talked a little bit about McConnell's game winner. Any other kind of thoughts and comments around around Awesome Ball? There, I know that there were some huge, uh, huge plays, but we'll get into that in just a minute. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, in, in general, I think... Uh, we're seeing some video game highlights, you know, video game stat lines becoming normal. Yeah. Like the 28 and 15. The, it's, a n- it's the, the new normal. And, it's the new normal, Guy. It's the crossover from the audio weigh-in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. The Ooh. two consecutive 40-point uh, triple-doubles by James Harden. This wasn't last week. Uh, but, but things like that that are happening, and you're, you're starting to hear these stats that are thrown around first time since 1950s, first yeah, time yeah, since yeah. they started tracking these stats. Yeah. And those things come every night in the NBA. You hear something different like that, and it's just it's become absolutely absurd. Mm-hmm. And just like the the age that these players are doing it at, right? Like they're twenty, they're twenty one, they're twenty two. There's no, you know, never in history it says you know since Chris Webber or since Kevin Garnett or you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. those are legends in the in the NBA. Yeah, and these players are doing it. It's like a new crop of you know bigs that are coming in. New crop of we lost to Tim Duncan, we lost to Kobe, we lost to Kevin Garnett. Like, who's going to take over the league now? Who's going to be the new come up? Sure. It's fun to see that. Yeah. You know, that, you, that transition. You know, let's get into some actual categories from this last week. And, sure. I, you know, we, we, we had some pretty interesting, some interesting changes, at least from weeks past. So I, I believe that from a points perspective, DeRozan is, is kind of showing his prowess again. I think he's averaging, uh, what, 35? Around 35 for the last, yeah. last couple of games. Towns is coming back, and he's leading the charge in, in boards. I think he's averaging over 15 boards a game. Well, he's for leading last, last couple the NBA games. this week? Yes, this last knows. week. Yep. See, man, that's insane. But but it doesn't stop there. It yeah. doesn't stop there. <laughs> yeah. Rubio. Rubio is, is leading dimes this last week with over 13 dimes a game. Incredible. Tipsy's the light. <laughs> and the the last stat for this uh for these bigger categories, <laughs> I had to I had to pull out the fact that James Harden almost has <laughs> seven turnovers a game. I remember when we brought this into light, like we brought this uh this fact up, like they're leading the league in points and assists and whatever, but they're also leading the league. They're gonna crush the history of turnovers in the season, both Westbrook and Harden. Yeah. Seven turnovers a game. <laughs> you know, Russell Westbrook versus the Timberwolves had a triple-double, but he actually had a quadruple-double because he had 10 turnovers. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's deep. That is it's deep. crazy. On- I mean, if you have the, that usage rate, right, like, you know, almost like seven, like 60% usage rate, like they just have the ball in their hands the whole time. Incredible. All right, so we got to go from we got to go from our stats into our in, insane plays of the week. So we have five insane plays of the week for you. Um you know, we have to start out with the fact that John Wall hits an incredible jumper at, at the end of the game to to bring Washington over the Bulls. I believe that that was what was that really early this week? Yeah, that was, was eight, that that was the eighteen point comeback. No, that I that was eighteen point comeback. Yeah, I'm just trying to remember what day it was from. Oh yeah, Blech, sorry. whatever. Um, talk a little bit about this Towns dunk. I mean. You watch Towns when he dribbles; he kind of gets a little gangly, kind of get like, wiry. We're like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> oh, and he just crushes it over Salamejri. I think for the second straight game, you know, like yeah. Towns over Salamejri again. And you, you, uh, I did not get a chance to watch all of this game, but you, you watched this, this, uh, the double, the double OT game. Yeah, and it's a must-watch game. Okay, but um, what's the what's the last second the last second play here though? It's like a. It's a very um, inefficient shot, and it's by KCP. It's kind of like a turnaround fadeaway, you know. 
yeah. jumper. And okay. he goes as a dagger. Sure. Just cuts them. This this is a nominee for one of my favorite plays of the entire year. And yeah. this is the Greek freak with a he has this like double clutch slam over Miami just a few days ago. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Greek freak just like cement after after i watched the play i got so excited that i was just like i voted for him i, I like I, I automatically voted for him did you spell his name right uh yeah i i like i had to copy and paste it from google <laughs> i just i definitely definitely didn't know it uh oh my god thomas uh isaiah thomas's buzzer beater over atlanta i think was also a great play mm-hmm. just kind of a just a last second jumper um, the the other one that we're missing from here, I said five max, but I'm going six, and I'm going the Embiid block. Embiid block. I, uh, you know, it gets you up in the morning. No, you don't need your morning Joe. No, I I don't. I don't. You need I your was, morning Joel. I was, oh, dude, I said your that. your morning oh, Joel. Oh my god, <laughs> you you you've created a coffee monster. Unbelievable. He's gonna he's gonna rep. Uh, what is it? Uh, Jack Daniel's coffee. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, it, it's coming around. It'll be out there. Um, but. I think I'm going to add a number six, so that that has to be that that Embiid block. Sure. He just who was he was, stuffed? Uh, Cody Zeller was, yeah, yeah, was yeah, driving yeah. to the basket oh, with authority, or, or or so he thought at the time. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you just completely shut him down. So we're going to share our our now top six plays of the week <laughs> on our on our Twitter feed. So stay with us there. All right, we're back with some terrible moments, and of course. The brand new segment of the O Man's Lounge. Yeah, oh, man. Uh, I, I, I do want to start though before we actually open the doors to the lounge. You know, yeah. There was a guy knocking. Okay. On the door. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy Butler had an incredible week, right? Yeah. He went like in the last three last three games prior to this game. He had like 115 points mm-hmm. combined. 30 minutes, 0 for seven, one free throw. Jimmy Butler, you're on the you're on the prefaces. You know? <laughs> You're on the, the, you're on the doorstep. The precipice. <laughs> the precipice. <laughs> I I like I I both like and dislike that comment yeah. because it's like why should Jimmy be here? Jimmy's such such a great player. One point. Just eh, it's not good. Yeah. All right, but there are some more deserving some more deserving uh, people that showed up to the O Man's Lounge this week. Oh man! Oh man! Oh man! Oh man! Oh man. Oh man. Oh man. One more time. Oh man. Oh man. Who did we start with? Who did we start with this week? Well, the one and only Joe Harris. <laughs> the guy who we, I don't even think no one, anyone knows that exists in the NBA, but uh, he plays for the Nets. And, uh, he had no nets, only yeah. only mans. <laughs> he is he plays for the Nets and is one of the reason that the Nets are zero and nine, or, you know, zero and nine in their last nine. So, uh-huh, yeah. Oh, ew. but we don't stop there with the white boys because white boys got to shout <laughs> John Luer. This is the double OT game, and he starts <laughs> and he logs a grand total of six minutes. That is one, two, three, four, five, six. You're done for the rest of the game, Stan Van Gundy. Uh, uh, but here, here's the hilarious stat: the Pistons are one and zero when that happens. So keep that going. <laughs> we have that seat warm, you know. We got that rotational strategy by by Van Gundy <laughs> appears to be paying off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know this third person. You... Patrick Patterson. The oh, Pat Pat. Yeah, too bad. I don't. Too I did. Pat. I did not know Patrick Patterson as Pat Pat. So oh. do not, do not, do too not, Pat. do not throw that on me. Oh. Do not throw that. Well, on I'm gonna me. let you finish. But he okay. logged 24 minutes and didn't score a point. I'm gonna let you finish. Wow, dropping it, Kanye. Uh, but back to the white boys. Uh, <laughs> Arvidas Sabonis' son, you know, yeah. D Sab. <laughs> 11 minutes, one shot. I think he had one rebound, one assist. Way to go. Good boy. You know? That's that line. Patrick Beverly, he played 35 minutes. Uh, this is versus Minnesota. He had he had zero points in this zero game? Zero points. I, be, I believe he had like six shots, and they were terrible, okay. all of them. He had this wide open layup where he got Rubio got screened really hard. Yeah. And it was just the widest light layup you'll ever see, and he just completely tanked it. Um, well, congrats. He's going to stop. <laughs> Yeah. The leather, man. It's pleather for you. All right. So, you know, he comes so often, we just had to get him his own chair. And that's Omer, Om, Omer Oman Osik, and he's back. He's back for the third time in Ooh. the Oman's Lounge. Man, you 
versus Brooklyn too? I didn't know a starter could log five minutes, but we didn't stop there. KCP, after the the Portland game winner, yeah. logs four minutes as a starter. <laughs> like I didn't know you could do that as a starter, right? Like no. that is literally you he's, breathe. He's rewriting the rules here. Rewriting yeah. the rules. The first time out is the last time out. You know what I mean? Sure. But uh, you know, Mozgov, you know, we had to talk about all these white boys. Mozgov with the value contract, with the value production. Sure. Almost 25 minutes versus the Spurs, zero points. Way yeah. to go. And last but not least, Amir Johnson. I got you know, I got a shout out to our, our boy Big Sean, one of my favorite Raptors on the game right now. <laughs> last night he took an L, you know? But tonight he played 14 minutes and scored no points. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We will be back with the three man weave. We are back. Hey, what's good, fellas? Oh man, what an answer. The only answer to this question, not even the correct one, the only one, is Russell Westbrook. Interesting. Russell Westbrook. I'm doing how Harlem Globetrotter shit around my body spinning on my finger right now. The second will crying LeBron replace crying Jordan in the memosphere this season. Alright, we are here with the three man weave. So MTG is not with us today, but Eric Eric is joining us as the fourth person, so we're we're gonna run the elevator next week, I believe. So <laughs> it's gonna be great. So kicking off the three man wave this week, it's n- we cannot address this week without addressing the fact of Derek Rose, Derek Rose at least a little bit. I know that this topic has been discussed just ad nauseum across the uh, the NBA press, but what a weird maneuver. Like, I just, I was so thrown off by the fact he just didn't show up for a game. So, what was your initial thought just in terms of what happened? He's had a pretty insane career trajectory this whole time. Yes. He was the de facto number one pick. Mm -hmm. Everyone just embraced him. Yeah. Adidas was all over his ass. And, you know, the rose from the concrete, right? The rose from the pedals and the concrete. MVP breaks his ankles, breaks his legs, breaks his everything. Breaks his everything. Restarts his career in New York. He's not getting the praise, not getting the limelight. He's blowing up his own game in front of our eyes, and he's he sees it. He's he's lost his athleticism. But they had high hopes, you know. They went all into this team. Mm-hmm. Losing takes its toll on you, right? And it can completely change your mindset. And he's had this like you know the offseason was incredible for him, yeah, in a bad way. Mm-hmm. And um, we don't know behind the scenes what's happening, but I know sure. there's a lot of is um, he what, actual. Health issues mentally. Yeah. Um, where Derek Rose skipping a game yeah. is like I skip work, right? It's yeah. the exact same thing. But instead, he's getting paid one million dollars for that like week of games, right? Yeah. Uh there's a level of responsibility and accountability that's not really being talked about. And I believe a lot of it is mental right now. Yeah. Because he needed a, a break from what was happening, which sure. was he was benched the prior game. But but I, I, I guess... The, and the, he came the, from... I'm, I'm really sorry for taking over this, but he was an MVP, and he's getting benched. You know, No, if, I, I understood, and I, I get the point about mental health, but I mean, there's just certain accountability as an NBA player. Like, if it's not working out, you need to discuss it with your coaches. You need to go through the process. I think making, making I the move the way he made the move is just... It sets him up for... Failure. It sets him up, in a like as a weird condition in fans' eyes too. He's just like he's flaky. He's not not showing up for the games. It's, things are not going his way. He just become to me. He just becomes a, a hated player yeah. if he if he goes and continues to do that. Having a bad day, having a rough day, needing to take a mental health day. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But that's not the way I would have approached the situation. That's not the way Anyone he should should have approached the situation. I get, I get it. I mean, he's he's highly touted, you know, highly ostracized move going to New York. I mean, he's under the gun and coming from a very rough place over the summer. This this makes perfect sense. But Derrick Rose, you have to you have to behave as an all star, as the all star that you are. Also, as an adult, I think you know, <laughs> calling, texting, you know, emailing, yeah. doing literally anything that I could do, yeah, to say I'm com- not coming into work or yeah. something. That's responsible. Yeah. He didn't do any of that. He didn't call or text or anything. His friends. Here's the craziest thing: is that he was around for shoot around that day, really hours earlier. Yeah, yeah. And then he just bounced. Part of what makes this one of the more bizarre things that's happened in the NBA recently. And I think that that Honda, you you hit it on the head with it wasn't handled right. And as a Knicks organization, as Jeff Hornacek 
what do you what do you do with that information, right? Like yeah. you have this this guy that your organization went all in on, and yeah, I think we can agree it's a little uncomfortable to be Derrick Rose right now, uh, given everything that happened over this summer. He got displaced in Chicago. Yeah, his career got displaced. A lot of things happened to him. But as an organization, you're obviously showing some commitment to that guy, and then you see him earlier in the day, and then he doesn't answer your texts half yeah. an hour before a game, and then you get these cryptic these cryptic messages from Joakim Noah saying. Yeah, I've talked to him. I know that he's okay, and I'm not going to divulge any more than that. What what was that? Yeah, what are you going to so, do with that? Everything's so vague that yeah. you know. Yeah, but I mean, it's just like it's just like what he's going through. There are other players in the league that have gone through worse. I mean, I see so many parallels to the Kobe situation, like just in terms of in terms of dealing dealing with the the affair and dealing with all oh, yeah, yeah, all yeah. kinds of stuff like that. It's like the these players, there's been players who are bigger than you who have gone under more mm-hmm. under more scrutiny and have emerged cleanly on the other side. You need to align yourself with those mentors. Great point. With those mentors. And, and you'll I, I think you'll be put in a better situation. I still don't know if it's if it's the best place for you know, especially if he's going through these issues. New York is not where you want to be. No. <laughs> you, They're you, gonna boo the shit out you, of you. You do not want to be in New You're York. Crushed you do not want to be in New York. LA or Boston. Yeah. You will be or Chicago. Or I mean, you're basically you will be under so much inte- under under so much scrutiny just because of the legacy of those organizations yeah. and the basketball media in those towns. Exactly. Find yourself in Sacramento. I mean, you can you could fight with as many reporters as you want. Sure. Just go just go a straight boogie style on it. Right. So, um I don't know. I don't I don't really want to delve into it that much more obviously it was talked about obviously we had to address it some some way somehow on this. but these are celebrities these are someone's role models you know like that's yeah. what's really crazy about it like i remember looking up to players like isaiah Ryder and um realizing very early that i shouldn't be rooting for isaiah Ryder, you know because he's a head case and like stefan marbury yeah but that i was a huge but that, fan the you know? double under both legs <laughs> under both legs slam i'm still an isaiah Ryder fan oh sure sure <laughs> Um, one thing though is that all this attention, the limelight, really takes its toll. I got it. You I have mean, to be a stronger man, knowing that you got into this game. You know, there's a game within the game. Mm-hmm. The media, the the front, the being the role model, yeah, being that celebrity. But but so but you let's, can't turn that off. No, you can't. But let's let's go at it from a different direction, though. Let's go at it from the Joel Embiid direction, where yeah. he's having. He's having fun. He's he's bringing in the media into this experience, engaging with his fans. He's creating a whole separate experience, and he's having a completely different type of experience with the media than Derrick Rose is. Amazing comparison. He's flipped his story. Yes, you remember he was injured. Everyone was thinking, "Oh, he's yeah, like, he's just going to wash out. His he's going to wash here out for the paycheck." Yep. They were actually, yeah, they were writing him out. Mm-hmm. Bam. So he's a no. Everyone fucking loves the dude. All right, all right. Let's, well, uh, one more point on on Joel Embiid. In that point, though, what happens with uh, with Joel Embiid and his antics and such when they uh, lose in the first round of playoffs? Right? <laughs> yeah. I'm but, not saying the 76 are necessarily going to do that, but you show some semblance of success in that organization. He's still cracking jokes on on Twitter or Instagram. Yeah. Uh, how does the media handle that? And where do where do the no, fans look at that? Uh, oh, of, sure. of course. But you you mentioned a very critical thing. If they're in the first round of the playoffs, everybody is celebrating in that town. Yeah. The fact that they're even there. If they lose, yeah, it's a different story. But if they get there, the process is starting to work. Yeah, both of you guys are right. Like in two or three years, if they're in the playoffs and, you know, that happens, he's still kind of, you know, jovial about it all. You know, then there's a serious, you know, question at stake. But right now, he's a rookie. He's loving this life. He's, it's crazy. It's the opposite situation that's happening in New York. It's the mellow. Yeah. It's the, you know, Joakim Noah. It's the the super team that should have been yeah. that so, so, so self-prescribed. Let, let's stay in Rose. New York. Let's stay in New York for our, our second topic here. Yeah. And let's talk a little bit about Carmelo and, and just the situation kind of evolving there. I mean, what, what do you think is going to happen? What do you think is going to happen with Carmelo? I mean, obviously, he is a... He's a pivotal player for for New York, but he has not lived up to expectations in in recent years the way that he should. So they are surrounding him with a cast of characters that I think is able to support him, but they're still not they're still not living up to that hype. There's the fact that they were called a super team is is crazy, and you can visit one of our our prior episodes to delve into that much further. But 
it's just he's not he's not doing it. But it sounds like he's not willing to make other concessions in order to kind of get traded out of there. So, yeah, this is a very deep topic that I don't know if we're going to be able to even scratch. But um, he's mark um, he's a marquee player in this league. Of course, his name is recognized around the world. His game is abysmal this season. Yeah. Abysmal is pretty strong. It's a stretch. But he's like 15, 16 points a game here and there. Yeah. The team should have been in KP's hands. And he's seeing that. And he's seeing his legacy being tarnished. Yeah. He's not, a, he's not on a winning team right now. Yeah. He's not in like the LeBron, uh, Wade, you know, category or caliber of, you know, championships and shit. He's in the same draft class. He's in that same, you know, group. But his legacy is tarnished yeah. by the fact that he didn't win in Denver. He didn't. He's not winning in, in New York. He's getting exposed yeah. in New York. He's already thinking about life after basketball. Yeah. And here's the thing that I think really ticks me off the most. You know how there's bird rights. There's like you know other types of rights that players have, like um, or teams have on players. Yes. This is a player have on a. Te- this is a player thing on a team. Yeah. Called the no trade clause. Okay. Kevin Garnett had that in fucking Brooklyn, and he yeah. waived it to come yeah. to Minnesota. Sure. Melo has exercised his right to keep the no trade clause. He doesn't want to be traded, and he won't be traded as long as that clause is part of his contract. Sure. Which is basically gimping New York's progression because they drafted Porzingis. He's he's a a fucking unicorn. Yeah. And they're not letting him grow in the way that they should, which is feed it to him. Yeah. Because they have Rose, who needs to recalibrate his career. They have Melo, who's like, I'm still in the same, you know, uh, level as or same par as uh you know LeBron and Wade. Yeah. There's all these storylines and they should be rebuilding, you know, they should be structuring their game around KP. Mm-hmm. And Melo, as I said, has a marquee name, has this like legacy upon whatever. And sure. it's mostly so, through the through the Olympics. But his yeah. trade value is probably higher than Millsap, and Millsap is probably the better player right now. You know what I mean? Of, of course. So let's go to the $64,000 question. Yeah. If the no-trade clause is waived, what happens? Like, where do you think he could land to make an impact to rejuvenate his career and find himself retiring as the all-star that he is? Yeah. Um, remember a couple of seasons ago, he was traveling with Houston. He went to go see Houston. He went to go see... Uh, Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to see him in Chicago. Honestly, wow, wow! You're, <laughs> I am just, I am like a so, reprise. I am just so shocked. What that would be just the craziest thing ever. So, yeah. what does that starting lineup look like? That's um, well, I don't remember who their point guard is. Uh, Rondo is not really there right now. No, um, but you know Butler. Oh yeah, you're right. But it yeah. would be Carmelo at the four. Yeah, you know? and. That's enough for me. <laughs> oh, oh my god! No, it'd be Butler. It'd be Wade Butler, Carmelo. All right, Eric. Thoughts on thoughts on Carmelo? Uh, so I think that first of all, uh, I know that there was a purely hypothetical. I don't see that that no trade clause being waived anytime soon. I think sure. that all indications over the course of Melo's career has pointed that he's he's happy with a life in New York, even outside of basketball. And and Guy mentioned real quick. Uh, that he he's kind of starting to think about his life after basketball. I think even further down the line, I think he's starting to think about his life after basketball in New York. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. okay with being traded from the Nuggets to the Knicks. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's not willing to not willing to waive the no trade clause. He didn't go to Chicago, which was a clearly better situation mm-hmm. uh, in free agency. He chose to, chose to resign with New York, uh, and and he's he's been outspoken in the fact that he and his family are happy there. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately. Speaking as a place of love for Carmelo, um, huge supporter over here. I don't see uh, his career trajectory going in a really positive way. I think there are two possible ways it goes. I think there's one that uh, he continues to gimp the Knicks uh, and hopefully hopefully not uh, kind of also gimp uh, Przingis' uh, productivity and, and production over the course of the next few seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the Knicks find some way to either buy out or trade him one way or the other to a team uh, that he can kind of go silently into the night and, mm-hmm. and end his career that way uh, and kind of go into that life Phoenix? after basketball. That we Phoenix? About. Phoenix. <laughs> or the new Mexican team. No. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm a huge supporter of Melo. I love his game. He's 
the purest shooter I've ever seen. And watching him in Syracuse was like, this guy is going to be a star in this league. I can't believe they took Darko Milicic over Carmelo. Yes. yes. That was crazy because he could have been drafted by Detroit and Mm -hmm. Detroit would have been a fucking, you know, dynasty. Dynasty. Anyways, um... No, I love Melo. I actually really want him to succeed. But yeah. then this like game after the game with him talking about the New York life. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I mean, we'll, we'll, really we'll just have to we'll, we'll have to see how it plays out. I think this is a is a discussion for future episodes as well, and we'll we'll continue to talk about it. All right, so we got to move on to our next topic here and our our last topic before we get into your back fat, which I believe you have. I has you. I has you has. All right, <laughs> the last topic we have to talk about the Nets. We have to talk about the fact that the Nets have lost have lost their last nine straight, and they are finding themselves completely at the. I mean, they're at the bottom of the league. They're at the bottom of the East. It kind of feels like there's not a lot of hope there, and there's not a lot of prospect to rebuilding. What the hell do the Nets do? Thoughts, concerns. I'm very concerned. Very concerned. Are you pressing the red button, just blowing this the shit up? The cuss button. The Area 21 <laughs> cuss button. <laughs> Blow it up. Send them to Mexico. I um, I don't know, dude. Their high, their hottest commodity, like, was waived and went to Fenerbahce. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. Um. Joe Harris, you know what I mean? Like, that's their players. Rondé Hollis Jefferson, apparently, is their highest, you know, valued player. Maybe Brooke Lopez to an extent. Yeah, Brooke. I think Brooke Lopez. Lopez, Brooke Lopez. But what does he fetch in return? A second rounder, probably. That that brings me to to what I think the Nets do. Uh, Start the process. They start the process. The Nets Nets need, uh, I'm not going to say they need to hire Sam Hankey, but it's one of the the most bizarre things that I've ever seen in sports. I I say, I've been on record saying many times I've never seen something quite like the Timberwolves before in the sense that uh, they're so exciting with with three young players that people are sure are going to be all-stars. The Nets are in almost the exact opposite opposite position in the spectrum. Have we ever had an unprotected first overall pick going to another team before it's absolutely absurd what they've done with that, that franchise why would you what, for for an over the hill uh kevin garnett <laughs> right you you wouldn't do that you wouldn't do that for nearly anything and yeah. they and they did it to leverage the future for an outside shot against lebron uh for for, for one or two seasons it's absolutely absurd uh and, and i don't understand why they're still holding on to brooke lopez why they're still trying to hire any free agents what is Donatas Matthew just doing for that team right now? Yeah. Why are you going <laughs> after? What are, what are you trying to say? What are you trying to salvage from this season? Yeah. I think that you get a second for Brooke Lopez and you're happy with it because that's a good kickoff to the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you start to load up on those guys. It's going to be a couple of years and they need to acknowledge that. Yeah. There, there's no there's no getting around that. They're not going to be contenders until 2021 if they're lucky. <laughs> uh, but they need to get lucky in drafts. But in order to do that, they need some friggin' draft picks. So, so here's my here's my thought. They they just they scrap all current NBA players. <laughs> <laughs> they scrap all current NBA players. They draft only from the D League. Only, like, only from the D League, they go absolute minimum. Yeah. They make the best case. They make the most financial. They make the best financial maneuver that the NBA has ever seen yeah, yeah. With, with the differential between. Suck and suck for no cost. Yes. Yeah, su- su- <laughs> suck for free. We'll suck for free. The Nets suck for free clause. <laughs> <laughs> You heard it here first. <laughs> it's the please trade zone. Yeah. Please trade zone. You heard it here first on, on RTP that suck for free. <laughs> suck for free. Uh, Brooklyn Nets. Man, it's No, gonna... but they have a half a starting lineup is D-League players. Sean Kilpatrick, Justin yeah. Hamilton. Like, they are. And I know. I wowed you with the naming of yeah. D-League players. They are former Timberwolves, so I know who they are. Um, they're starting. No, I. But, but, but why don't you do that as an organization? No, Look at what happened with Hassan Whiteside. Should. Jonathan Simmons paid $150 to try out for the Spurs. Those things happen, and they've got Spot nothing on. to lose at this point. No, they have nothing to lose. And I, I, I would absolutely love to see them do that. Also, from a league perspective, let, let's step back from the Nets for a second. If, if there is a team like the Nets who could leverage high-caliber D-League players, show the value of the D-League to actually legitimize the D-League, Across the NBA to get, have other have other teams fully adopt and have each team kind of adopt their farm team. Yeah, like we could see a more powerful NBA. 
we could absolutely see a more powerful NBA and and one that makes better economic sense for the entire league. That's pretty meta. That's pretty meta. But they have Jeremy Lin. <laughs> I'll 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 let you roll on that. So <laughs> so Gabe, drop us with the the back fat for this week. The back fat, Eric. Welcome to the back fat. Thanks. The Glad fattest, <laughs> the fattest of back fats. <laughs> um, this is like a stat you know that gets tracked. That's like unlike any other stat that gets tracked. Um, it's a social media stat track back fat, to be exact. <laughs> um, we've had Giannis Antetokounmpo. We've had Kawhi Leonard. We've had, um, I think I told you, you know, the mole, Maurice yes. Spates. Yes. This week. It's a good one. It's a good one. All right. You might need to get, grab your pens and papers for this one, all right? No, I'm, I'm thinking through it. All right. So think on jersey numbers right now, okay? Okay. If you take Harrison Barnes' jersey number and subtract it from this player's number, yeah, it equals... Carl Anthony Towns plus Kyrie Irving. Okay? So this player is number. That's, that's what that equals. This is a math problem designed for textbooks. All right. Okay. Go ahead. So you get to guess whenever you want. You can have as many guesses as you want. But I have about, you know, seven or eight facts here. His secret crush is Rihanna. Oh, right? I know it already. And in a, you already know it. No, right? just kidding. Just yeah. go. Just go. He has his own YouTube channel. Mm, you are all about that. I'm all about the tubes. And he has a channel with his brother, just like Greek Freak. And actually, very similar to Greek Freak, um, this channel has you know a bunch of videos of him traveling and not really making any sense. It's like giggling, farting, whatever the fuck it is. And they're just laughing. And this probably doesn't help you at all. That did not. This might help you. He's shorter than his birth date. If you, can, if you convert his birth date to like his height, he's shorter than that. So oh, he's not he, born this, in December. This is how I think about NBA he's, players. Yeah, he's not, he's not born in December. You know, he's not twelve feet tall. Okay, but he's not like you know, born in May or you know, well, he's not five feet tall. Okay, all right. He's shorter than his birthday, so keep that in mind. His Instagram bio says he's a family man over everything, mm-hmm. and then he links to an ESPN article about Disneyland. Oh, it's J.R. Smith, of course. No, <laughs> these are see, these are some of his Twitter followers. I went so deep. I followed. I looked at his followers. All right. Nature is scary. Conor McGregor, Margot Robbie, Derek Fisher, Rakeem Christmas. Oh. And J. Cole. Do you have any guesses? Because I think I'm going to give you one that's going to be quite the giveaway. Any guesses? He's currently top 20 in all-star voting. Carmelo. Close. If you take, and I love what you said, though. If you take Harrison Barnes' number and subtract it from this guy's number, it equals Carl Anthony Towns plus Irving. And you know what those numbers are, right? Mm-hmm. 40 for Harrison Barnes, 32 for Cat, 2 for Irving. So it has to equal 34. And I just said close to you when you said Melo. Rose? No. Justin Holiday? Oh, you guys are so close, though. You guys are so fucking close. You, you threw me off with Rakeem Christmas. Rakeem no, Christmas no, I'm not. You guys are both there. You guys I, are in it's, the. It's, he's in New York. He's in New York. So are you. No, no. But the other player, yeah. the who's uh, is it? Uh, is it Dang? KP. Christoph Porzingis. Yeah. Oh man! Oh man! I didn't know that uh, Porzingo had uh, had a brother. Apparently. Oh. I was surprised by the YouTube channel too. Okay. All right. All right. Dude, that is that is awesome. That Boom. is awesome. So I think Nature is Scary gave it away. Oh, but, um. <laughs> it, sure, it sure did. You went. You, I, I believe that that's the deepest back fat yet. So it's always as, as fat as it can get. Um. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. So we're we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be back with this week in basketball. All right, we got to do it. We got to do it again. We're going back this week in basketball. This week in basketball, start starting from the top. We have Jimmy Butler and, and Steph Curry as players of the week. So, you know what? That's not really a surprise. Jimmy Butler's been on fire besides his anomaly of a one-point game. You know, Steph Curry is also, you know, he's just... He leads the league in just falling over, so I, I believe that they probably just gave it to him as a de facto. I think it was pretty great that they uh, gave it to Curry because Curry had one hell of a week. Um, 
he's been kind of quiet this season, so I'm really happy that he's kind of stuck to the yeah, kind of a quiet all star in the best team, quiet and unanimous MVP. Yeah, yeah, the, the best team that we've seen in a, in a very long yeah, time. Speaking of Golden State, though, um, you know, there, there's a report that's thrown out there that the Timberwolves and Golden State will be playing a couple games in China for the exhibition games for next season. I like that, and I love it because it's like the, the Shanghai new... Sharks, baby, Shanghai Sharks. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you get uh, Starbury to show up at that game. Oh man, <laughs> dream come true. Dream, dream come true. Energy and Vaseline will be in the building. Uh, we also saw a stat this last week: LeBron becomes the 14th player to hit a thousand or ten thousand career field goals. Man, that I don't. Where'd you guys even find that on the internet? On on the on the interwebs. Mm-hmm. So a little bit deep deeper topic, I guess. So you had found this gee up Adam Silver is is looking into the game length specific like longer longer or shorter than 48 minutes is that is that wrong what it, wrong 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 last two minutes last five minutes oh they could take half an hour they could take 45 minutes yeah so they're looking at speeding up how they officiate how they ref how they yeah yeah because it's like oh I'll be in I'll be home for the last five minutes of the game which will take an hour so it's but um this has been a discussion point for a while and all of a sudden Bam, here's the news. We're going to look into it. We're going to look at maybe making some changes as immediate as next season. Okay, okay. Because, you know, the story around the block is like NBA games, though I don't think they're that long, are pretty long. And especially for casual fans towards the end of the games. They're pretty long. But the most impactful part of the game is the last two minutes, and it always takes the longest. And it's like, it's almost like a football quarter, you know? Like, here's a play, and then here's 30 seconds, 40 seconds. It's it's never that long. It becomes an issue of accessibility, right? Yeah, exactly. Adam Silver is clear. It's been clear that he's committed to growing the brand as yeah. an NBA, and you think that he's been do- doing a lot of great things in order to do that. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things, like, you don't hop into the NBA uh, and turn into fans like the three of us have, and most of the listeners of this pod, I'm sure, uh, right away, where you see the last five minutes of a game and and you feel that intensity throughout the entire thing when yeah. following and time out yeah, back yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, and you hop in and you realize that like wow I just lost half an hour watching the last two and a half minutes of the game <laughs> and it was pretty clear how that game was going to end the entire time right yeah uh, and what do you do about that we, I was watching the uh, the Cavs uh, Cavs Kings last night they're up 10 with 48 seconds left to go with the ball, and Tyron Lue calls a 20-second timeout. Yep. What are you doing? Why? 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 Yeah. Why? Right? No. And, and that's a terrible experience. Yeah. Why do you fan. call a timeout after a timeout? That's <laughs> happening, too. Yeah. No, that, that that's definitely an, an interesting thing, so we'll have to see how that, that continues to play out. So, But... Let's uh, let's let's bring that up in another episode because I think we could delve into that for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about player activity. We have to talk about the fact that Ben Simmons is coming back, making making uh, this Seventy uh, Sixers team even more lethal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like loose news in the sense that he's you know, participating in you know practices and participating in dribble drills and shooting and you know posting it on Instagram and stuff. But um, you know, he's probably coming back in the next like three or four weeks, probably. Gearing towards after All Star, sure, that would be a very safe bet. Uh, personally, if I were a Sixers fan, I wouldn't want to see him play at all until next season. But who cares, right? Like, if he's healthy, fully healthy, it would be great to see like a little glimpse. Yeah. Um, a big story though is that uh, January thirty first, though it would normally be an irrelevant day in basketball, is pretty significant. Um, it announces or that day uh, decrees the uh, medical retirement. Uh, clause for both Chris Bosch and Nikola Pekovic. Nikola Pekovic, though most of the listeners here um, probably not, not don't know much about him. He's been injured for you know a solid three seasons. Yeah, and Bosch has been uneligible to play yeah. for a couple seasons. So, it, but Bosch. And so now they are cleared to be clear of their contract or waive of their con- waive the last portion of their contract to be yeah. retired, to be medically retired from the NBA. And that's so. Does he? Ha- I guess the question is because I'm I I don't fully understand this. Does Bosch have to retire? No, but he is cleared to retire if he chooses to do so. Yes. Okay. That that is where that's going. Okay. Let's yeah. uh, quick note on that. Bosch is making twenty three point seven this year. Oh, twenty three point seven mil uh, off the books uh, for Miami Heat potentially if he chooses to take that. Otherwise, uh, it goes into next season. Yeah, uh, Pekovic with a with a solid with a cool twelve point one million. Twelve point one. I believe he's Peck. the highest paid uh, Timberwolf right now. Hasn't played in a season and a half. Wow, okay. it's big news. But um, you yeah. know, we don't. We're probably not experts on this. So no, no. It's fun to think about, like hypothetically. But um, yeah. I would hate. 
to see that, you know, with Bosch because Bosch is insane. He's an incredible player, but yeah, but it's if he's they're 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 going to make moves if it doesn't make financial sense, and they want to try and regrow the brand down in uh, in Miami. Miami's actually said uh, recently that everyone is tradable right now. Everyone is on the market. For <laughs> I heard that. I don't buy it. I don't buy it either. <laughs> I think they're keeping the wet side. All right, so, <laughs> so let's go from pretty deep news on the medical side, on the medical front, to a little bit lighter news. You know what? We're 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 covering the the big three league very early on here, <laughs> yeah. very early on. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have an off season in the NBA. It's gonna be oh, the three on three. Yeah, we're gonna cover all of the three on three. Yeah. So it's the no D league. Um, <laughs> um, so confirmed players, confirmed players of the league as of right now. Include Jason Williams, yes. Chauncey Billups, Allen Iverson, player and coach, and coach, <laughs> and coach Kenyon Martin, <laughs> Roger Mason, Ro- Roger Mason Jr. As is is going to play. The, am I reading yeah. this right? He's the commissioner. Commission, the, He's that the league requires a commissioner. I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Jermaine O'Neal, Jermaine O'Neal, Steph Jackson, Richard Lewis. I love it. This I think you know what this could be a lot of fun. To me, this it brings me back to a little bit of the. Uh, what is it? The the code red. Yeah, 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 yeah. N one mixtape. The N one street ball. The N one mixtape street ball. But you have better players, kind of, <laughs> kind of back playing. <laughs> they're like they're not they're not completely all together yet. You know, they're they're worn down from their careers. Uh-huh. So it's like this season is like eight games or something like that. It's gonna be it's, <laughs> one 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 game a month. It, yeah, it's gonna be like the easiest thing to cover that we've ever covered. Yeah. So one thing I want to say though is that no professional sport in the history of any professional sport has a retired players league you know like this is very unique territory yeah and ice cube is like he could be the next you know you know but this Dr. is dre with beats but this is the start there's going to be a donkey basketball league there's going to be a you know a wheel <laughs> yeah. a wheelchair league for, for, for the other ones that bust out mm-hmm. so it it's it's the start of other things to come yeah. obviously as people are trying to capitalize on all of the money in the nba for sure um we have to talk about the fact that this this is a little bit lighter news Former number one pick Anthony Bennett ends up in Turkey. The only place to go <laughs> for the best ball. Um, it's just crazy. This is a nominee for probably biggest bust in the history. Yeah. To his credit, he was not a number one pick. Yeah. He was not. Yeah. Cleveland was drunk as fuck that night. <laughs> Why do you draft him? I, it was a seriously weak draft class. I, I don't know. Just just staying with the lighter side of this, staying yeah. with the lighter side, ends up in Turkey, completely bamboozling. Bamboozling. Just, he gets yeah. waived by the worst team in the NBA. <laughs> right? That, That's that takes That's some, That takes him doing. So, <laughs> uh, uh, one quick point on that. Fenerbahce right now uh, leading the Turkish basketball league at 12-2, and two, only gets more more help. Well, Oh, they're 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 leading at twelve and two, but they're tied at twelve and two. They are tied. They're tied. They're tied at twelve and two. So, uh, but what puts you ahead above of uh, let's see, Anadolu Efes? Of course, it's Anthony Bennett. I I think Anthony Bennett does it. So you're (laughs) stack out. You're absolutely right, but you got you got to come with deeper stats. (laughs) Thinking that I don't know anything about the Turkish league, not a great guess right now. You guys are impressing the shit out of me. we got to get into the, you know, talking a little bit more about Embiid. Embiid's all-star oh campaign is just hilarious. Yeah. The fact is, like, he has been, like, he's been coming into the arena doing the Triple H maneuver. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. He's been dancing with, dancing with the the 76ers dancers. He's been, like, on social media. He's he's having a great time and, and showcasing his performance as best, as best as I've seen another rookie do it in a very long time. So that's been that's been a lot of fun to follow along. I don't know that much about this story, but whoever picked this up has to explain this more to me. So Boogie, uh, Boogie Cousins is vowing to release an R&B album if he gets elected as an all-star starter. I mean, I, I put this up there because uh, he knows he probably has zero percent chance, but he can follow through with this. Um, oh man! If it happens, because it's like you know, he's seeing Joel Embiid, he's seeing Hassan Whiteside, he's seeing people like that, kind of like boast about what's happening about the NBA vote, and he wants to, a piece of that pie. I feel. I, feel so. <laughs> I I still think that Boogie Cousins' album will be better than Dame Lillard's. <laughs> even 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 if I'm it's boogie. just even if it's just I'm a boogie with the hoodie. Um, <laughs> He's also mentioned that uh, because of the all-star voting results, it's without a doubt unanimous that Zaza Pachulia is better than him right now as an NBA player. 
I found that hilarious. Oh gosh, I don't like that. I thought I I fell on the floor laughing when I when I first read this comment from you oh, yes. of of Rondo being benched on his bobblehead night. So ex- explain the rest of the story then. Well, he's on like a five game bench streak, right? Like he's not being played right now, and they had this announced you know bobblehead night, right, where they went through Wade and Butler, and I think they even have you know Robin Lopez or something as like a bobblehead. Yeah. So they have a Rajon Rondo night. Yeah. Right? He's currently not playing in the game. The second have... squad point guard <laughs> will now be uh, right. repping his bobblehead. Yes, yes. Uh, an announcement here from from the retirement side, Pablo uh, Prigioni. What, what, who's he playing with? Is is he in um, New York or no? Um, well, he's played for a few, a few few teams. Like the He's played for, played for Houston, New York, and amongst others. But yeah. After four years in the NBA, he decided he announces his retirement. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, we'll just let her go. Yeah. Um, I wanted to just touch on one last thing, and now a little bit on the lighter side. I saw a clip of LeBron. Just he had gone back to Sacramento. Uh, I believe that this is in last night's game, but I think Sacramento is where he started. Essentially, kind of started his more professional career. So he's like being very reflective about what was going on. I just thought, I thought it was very cool. He's just like. He's giving his update from his hotel room, just talking about the fact of like how much he's grown as a player. This is a little bit deeper, but I, I thought it was a lot of fun just to hear from him talking about that. Um, all right, so we will gee, kick us off with did he say that? Yeah, well, we were kind of slowly uh, introducing the whole idea of the All-Star game voting mechanisms on Twitter and such uh, in lighter news. And Hassan Whiteside um, basically went off on how it's voted and he's like i look at guys and they just do stuff to win the fans over they make jokes on twitter just to get people to vote for him it ain't nothing to really do with talent and joel Embiid, you know the star <laughs> of the fucking nba this season man yeah i swear to god he votes for sun white so <laughs> <laughs> i love that fucking love it man. i i love that so so john wall in the next one goes john wall says off the cuff he, he shares his all-star Eastern All-Star uh, ballots, he says, you know, John John Wall, Kyrie, Isaiah, LeBron, and however you say that guy from Milwaukee's name. You know what? <laughs> I, I respect that so much because I still I still do not know how to say it appropriately. You, you're like fluent in foreign NBA players, mm-hmm. so I, I, am, I still am not. It takes so time. It takes time. Hit us up with this LeBron, LeBron quote here from... Yeah. Uh, Coming on the coattails of other DeMarcus Cousin news. Uh, uh, LeBron and uh, immediately after Draymond Green also saying something like this uh, referred to DeMarcus Cousins as the best big man in our game uh, which is starting to become a contentious point uh, nowadays yeah, yeah, in the yeah, NBA yeah, yeah. so when LeBron takes an official stance on something like that it becomes news Oof. I think Oof. he just really wants that rap album LeBron's <laughs> <laughs> just a big R&B fan <laughs> alright so I, I have to take this one here and Mark Cuban goes on record as saying, I would love to see an NBA team in Mexico. So my prior point is further validated that that the Mavs, we could see, we could see the Mavs in Mexico City. I mean, there's just more people. Yeah. Is Cuban tired of, uh, sick and tired of competing for the <laughs> Texas fans? Is he rolling over uh, to the Rockets? He, he potentially could be. Spurs, he's just, he's, he's so, he's so desperate. He just doesn't. He doesn't want to fight with uh, Trump about the wall, so he's just going to go to Mexico where he just doesn't have to deal with it. We have our first Tex-Mex team, huh? Oh, um, wow. That that has to be original. It's original here at yeah. the, <laughs> the Ride in the Pines. Okay. Iverson to the back fat. Um, <laughs> after, the K, the, after the KP loss, you know, the game winner by TJ McConnell uh, on Philadelphia. Iverson was in the building. He heads over to the locker room, goes to Porzingis embraces him and says you're heading in the right direction you're doing everything the right way i'd love to see it all right so the last last comment for did he say that uh, fred hoiberg told reporters thursday morning that he wants rondo to be the leader of the second unit rondo responds with this hasn't been what i expected when i signed here i think oh this is the beginning of the end for 
for Rondo. We shall see. I'm kind of glad that MTG, I'm sorry. I'm kind of glad that MTG is not here this week because it's just like hard news to just face, <laughs> face the reality <laughs> yeah. of the turmoil of your team. Face, yeah. Yeah. face the reality that, of Chicago. That quote almost makes it sound like Hoiberg is not even recognizing the problems that he has with Rondo. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like he thinks that everything is good. Like the transition to the bench is going to be great. And now you have Rondo saying it's not what he expected. He even went on record saying that the explanations he got for, for going to the bench were, quote, bullshit. Bullshit, yeah. yes. Uh, uh, and, and Hoiberg's just saying, like, yeah, I would love him, love him on the bench. This is, this is exactly what I want as a coach. Uh, this, is, this is going great. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna we're gonna skip down to it. We're gonna go into our RTP game of the week. You know what? I, this was a this was a runaway winner this Easy week. Uh, Warriors versus Cavs tomorrow night. Make sure to tune in. You probably won't hear this until after this game, but that is going to be an awesome, awesome game. Other games of note, and I have a couple of interesting picks this week. I have I have the Lakers versus the Clippers, obviously just the L.A. battle. I had to pick that one out. I have the Wolves playing the Spurs. Can they continue to hold up to the West? I like I like this. This could be an interesting game. This could be game. a good test, yeah. Uh, Grizz versus Washington. That's an insane game. Grizz versus Washington is a great game, and it is definitely not a game I would have picked earlier this season. Yeah. Bucks versus Rockets. Both of them are playing pretty hot, so we could see we could see a very interesting that that is also another thing that I wouldn't have picked in the beginning of the season. Warriors Rockets is is a wonderful game. I will definitely be tuning into that. Yeah, it was our it was our probably our former RTP game of the season. Yeah, the, the uh, Warriors Rockets. Yeah, a couple Yo. of player matchups in the games of note that I'm specifically excited about: the Grizz versus Washington. That Mike Conley John Wall matchup in that yes, game is yes, going to be yes. absolutely delicious, start yes. to finish. Yes, yes. Uh, and in the game right below that, um, the Bucks versus Rockets, the Anatokounmpo and James Harden matchup. Oh, uh, assuming man. that they're actually on each other in that game, and, and as either a player's coach, I don't understand why you wouldn't do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's either going to be a free throw fest or just absolutely wonderful to see, or possibly both uh, for some of the more hardcore NBA fans. So uh, how, I'm very, very excited for those. How matches. many threes are in this Warriors versus Rockets game? Remember, they, <laughs> like they, two hundred or something. <laughs> they threw out, a, they threw out a hundred in that game, like ninety something yeah. threes. Yeah. yeah, they crushed the record. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, they're definitely crushing it this game. Like, <laughs> so, is, uh, is Eric Gordon back for that game? Does anybody know? I, I don't know. Yet, so I'm not sure. Let's hope. I am not sure. Yeah, let's hope. Yes. <laughs> all right. So w- worst games. My public service announcement to all the diehard NBA fans: Mavs in the Heat on one nineteen. Awful, awful, awful game. <laughs> Nets and Pelicans. Obviously, I like the Pelicans here. Nets, are, ugh, but that that's an excruciating game. Watching just several seconds of highlights is probably all I'll do. Yeah. Suns versus Cavs. Cavs are just gonna stomp them. I mean, they they can play. They can play the bench versus the Suns and completely steamroll. I, I thought this would be an obscure game, but given what we've talked about in this episode, Fenerbahce versus Andalou Efes <laughs> in the Turkish League, that was my obscure game pick of the week, but I'm, I'm rolling with it. It's so one versus one. Anthony Bennett, Anthony Bennett represents. So, yeah, yeah. all right, th- that's going to wrap up episode 20 of Riding the Pine. Hey. Stack God, thanks for being here. We're going to see you, see you next week for episode 21. Yes, sir. All right, Gee, take her home. Yeah. Um, the New York Knicks, as discussed ad nauseum here in this episode, had quite a week. But following the game, after the Rose absence, they called for a Knicks Twitter you know, rebound, right? And get some hype back in the fans. So during a timeout during that Sixers game, um, it's like during the second quarter, the Knicks tweeted out a picture of Rose where – he was kind of getting a breather, and he was sitting right next to uh, Mello. And Mello's looking straight at, straight at Rose. Remember, he was absent the night before without any communication. The caption is as follows. Communication is key. It was deleted a minute later. <laughs> <laughs> This has been a Vencast Studios production. This is Stacy on her motorcycle. What an incredible view! And this is Stacy off her motorcycle. Does this have sucralose in it? On her motorcycle. Oh, the wind in my hair! Off her motorcycle. Uh, it's pronounced etc., not etc. On. Woohoo! Yes! Off. No. You're better on your bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states.
Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.